Today on the Kalo Podcast, death by doctor coming to America. That's right. You heard it here first. It's coming to America. And the land of the free, we're under attack. We are under attack right now. And I have an idea. Why don't we pay criminals to not commit crimes? Isn't that a great idea? I think it is. And, and listen, be very careful because stomach bugs are on the rise. The stomach bugs are attacking people in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. That's right. And COVID, the information about COVID is leaking out all over the news, all around the world. The truth is being exposed. And thankfully, we found a sheriff in California, of all places, uh, who tells the truth. He tells it like it is. And this one, you can order a baby just like you order a car. All available to you today, right on the web. And finally, AOC. That's right. There she is. AOC. She says that the migrant crisis is a hoax. All this today on Exposed, the Kalo Podcast. Death by doctor, folks. Death by doctor. Canada has one of the most liberal assisted death laws in the world. I, I didn't know this. I was actually shocked to find this information out. They offer the practice uh, to terminally um, and chronically ill people. They offer the ability to be able to off yourself. All you have to do is prove that you have a fatal illness or sickness or mental impairment or whatever. And um, the government... Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, he has defended the actions of its government in providing this service, which they believe it is, to the public. And he points to a uh, Canada decision made by its court in 2019 that they can expand, and let me get it right here, it, it, it mandates the expansion of death by doctor all across the Canadian provinces. But many people are accusing the government of promoting a culture of death. To date, there's been nearly 50,000, 44,958 made, M-A-I-D it's called, made medical assistance in dying deaths. Almost 50,000 people, Canada is killing its own people and nobody seems to be saying anything about it. Psychiatrists are trained to deal with people in crisis, but some are now having their own crisis of confidence when it comes to medically assisted dying. Our role as therapists, as psychiatrists, is in suicide prevention, and so to ask us to then facilitate suicide is uh, very dissonant. The laws around medical assistance in dying, or MAID, are set to expand, including Canadians with mental illness. But medical experts across the country warn Canada's healthcare system is not ready. But we already know there's not really a clear consensus on a definition of, for example, what it means for someone to have a mental illness that is incurable or irremediable. So we already know there's this risk of inconsistent application of MAID. 
When made became legal seven years ago, only patients with a terminal illness were eligible. In 2019, a Quebec judge ruled this restriction was unconstitutional, so Parliament amended the bill. In my view, mental illness is no different than any other medical illness. I believe that uh, doctors are quite capable of uh, assessing people with psychiatric illness and um, coming to the same uh, conclusions that they have for people who have uh, you know, cancer or uh, lung disease or uh, uh, neurological disorders. But families of patients worry there are not enough protections. We are so angry and insulted at how they just all turn their heads. Trisha Nichols told a parliamentary committee that her brother Alan was suicidal when he checked into the Chilliwack Hospital July 16, 2019. Ten days later, he died with medical assistance. How can our government even be looking at expanding made laws? There are currently no laws protecting the vulnerable or their families from MAID. We understand that making sure we're respecting people's rights and their choices at the same time as we protect the most vulnerable is a very important but challenging balance to establish. Psychiatrists fear that balance will be even harder to strike with the healthcare system under immense pressure. Telling my patients that you will make it easier for them to die has enraged me. They will die because of lack of services. They will die because psychiatrists will now have legal permission to give up. The parliamentary committee studying the issue still has to release its final report. If Canada goes ahead with the amended legislation, we will have some of the most lenient assisted dying laws in the world. Taria Isri, Global News. I don't know about you, but that... It makes me angry, but it also frightens me. Because here they decide, they, they pass this law that you know only the terminate, terminally ill can opt for doctor-assisted suicide. And you see how it expanded? In just seven years, it has reached a critical point where now all you have to do is just be mentally incapacitated, maybe you know depressed or whatever it might be. And if a doctor signs off on it, you're all set to go. In 2022... 13,241 made provisions, 13,241 made provisions reported in Canada. These 22,000 people were not all terminally ill. Many of them were just dealing with struggle, struggling with life. How can we allow people to uh, terminate their life early? Because we don't consider life valuable or important. Eligible patients, they say, have to wait 90 days. It's kind of like a 90-day waiting period, kind of like you're waiting for, you know, whatever. You, 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 well, you sign up now and, you know, you wait this 90-day period and then we'll schedule you for your uh, execution. It's ridiculous. And I don't mean to make fun of it, but, you know, part of it is, 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 is funny because we take death so lightly but on the other side of it, it's, it's extremely sad that we can have a government as, as large as Canada and as beautiful as Canada is, you know, as country and as people. I know many people, Canadians, just beautiful people. Uh, but they can have a government that is just really so evil. See, they know that the medical system cannot handle these people. So they're looking for an easier way out. Um, they, they set up criteria in the United States. What's the criteria in order to go down that road? Well, assisted suicide actually still takes place in the United States. It's called physician-assisted suicide. 
in which doctors prescribe a lethal dose of medication for self-administration. A lot of people don't even know that. That's available. That's available. But me, I see it as the government killing people. That's the only way I look at it. I mean, how long before America is actually on this same kind of trajectory? Will we join in with this kind of horrible practice? What would it take? It really wouldn't take much. Take just a few people on the left who believe, well, you know, we're actually doing people a service. I don't think so. I don't think we're doing people or their family or their loved ones a service. But I fear that this is maybe a lot closer than what we may think. Speaking of killing, it's unfortunately probably only a short matter of time before we here in the United States, we may have to live through another terrorist attack. Because we've got people coming into this country that are unvetted. Right now, there's breaking news happening over this entire month. There's been breaking news just about every single day all across America in the form of cyber attacks, uh, attacks on our uh, cell phone systems, attacks on computers, uh, infrastructure system, things like that. We've been aware of um, cells all across the country, terror cells all across the country. On your screen, you're going to be looking at a picture right now. And, and this was on the FBI website for a short period of time before they took it down. But these were areas where they knew that there were terror cells. Now, the United States has been receiving these warnings from the FBI for several months. All of it started after Biden became president of the United States. Uh, but what have they done with all this information? Uh, what has been happening? What are we changing? Well, we're not changing the number of people that are coming through the border. We're not changing the way we vet these people. We're not changing background checks. We're, what are we changing? Well, we're not really changing very much. Do we hear of any FBI raids on any of these locations or any people that have come into the United States? We just recently had another immigrant kill a young girl in Georgia. I, I, but yet, what happens to these people? We can't deport them because the government, our government, has kind of just taken a backseat to what other governments want. And they want to ship all their crazy people and criminals over here to us. We need to send them back. I know that's what Trump would do if he were in office. A big warning on Capitol Hill yesterday from FBI Director Christopher Wray about possible hacking attacks by the Chinese government. He said China could target our infrastructure, causing potentially catastrophic damage. It has shown it will make us pay. Attackers are positioning on American infrastructure in preparation to wreak havoc and cause real-world harm to American citizens. Caution, not one pipeline, but many pipelines disrupted. Uh, telecommunications going down so people can't use their cell phone. People start getting sick from polluted water. Trains get derailed. This is truly an everything, everywhere, all at once scenario. And it's one where the Chinese government believes that it will likely crush American will for the U.S. to defend Taiwan in the event of a major conflict there. These U.S. officials also warn they expect Chinese hackers to wage influence campaigns online centered on the 2024 election, but added they're confident in the U.S. election system. Interesting thing about all that is we didn't hear much about Russia, did we? What we heard about is China. Who did President Trump say the real threat is? China, right? You know the way he says that, China. It's China. That's the real threat. The FBI has credible evidence 
that China and others have plans to shut down the entire nation and reap havoc across this country. Now, I'm not a conspiratorialist, but I happen to believe that sometimes things are allowed or things are done for a purpose. And believe me, Biden doesn't look like he can win an election. But, you know, should something happen in the nation that would divert our attention away from the election, Americans would be centered on their own problems and situations. And then Biden can swoop right in with some kind of, you know, federal order, mandate, presidential, declare something and... Maybe elections wouldn't be needed. Who knows? But anything is possible. And the American people are just like little sheep. They'll just follow along whatever the leader says. Christopher Ray warns that malware could be triggered to, to disrupt critical systems in the United States and that China's computer attacks are now at a scale greater than we have ever seen before. Greater than we've ever seen before? I mean, we, we had large-scale attacks you know, planned against the United States. Many of them were thwarted, thankfully, by our then FBI. I don't know about today. And this is all converging at the same time that illegals and the pro-Palestinian wackos, it's all happening at the same time. I think they're all drinking from the same cup of evil. They're all working in the same direction to disrupt America. Now let's watch this video clip of President Trump speaking at the Republican Jewish Coalition just recently. Here it is. On day one, I will terminate every open border policy of the Biden administration. People are pouring into our country at levels never seen before for any country, not just here. Third world countries wouldn't let it happen. You hate America if you want to abolish Israel, if you sympathize with jihadists, then we don't want you in our country and you're not going to be getting into our country. College campuses, the college campuses are being taken over. And all of the resident aliens who joined in the pro-jihadist protest this month, nobody's ever seen anything like it. Come 2025, we will find you and we will deport you. We will deport you. In the past three weeks, crooked Joe Biden has turned a blind eye to the greatest outbreak of anti-Semitism in American history. You have the greatest. I call up friends of mine who happen to be Jewish. I say, are you watching what's going on? And they're actually frightened. These are some pretty strong people. They're tough people. They're frightened. Their kids are afraid to go to school. And they never had that before. But in our colleges, media, and even government, nobody's ever seen anything like Rashida Talib and Ilan Omar, who openly campaign against Israel. Nobody's ever seen this before. When asked recently about rising anti-Semitic hate, Joe Biden's own press secretary had nothing to say about the rabid mobs in the street. And they're shouting, kill the Jews, kill the Jews. And she had nothing to say. In fact, she stuck up for the other side. She started talking about the other side. You all saw it. Nobody could believe it. Then she came back later. She said, oh, I misunderstood the question. As president, I will absolutely protect our Jewish citizens from these maniacs, lunatics, radical left thugs, threats, or Crimes of violence against Jews will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. When I get back into office, I will put every single university and college president on notice. The American taxpayer will not subsidize the creation of terrorist sympathizers on American soil. Colleges and universities will purge the anti-Semitism and pro-terrorism. Terror, uh, what, what you're doing, 
the terrorism, this pro-terrorism is so out of control, nobody's ever seen, or they will lose their accreditation and every last penny of federal student loans, it will not be paid to them, probably shouldn't be paid to them anyway. Never forget the same radicals tearing down posters of Israeli hostages, can you imagine, at our university, ripping them right off the wall, I couldn't believe it are the ones tearing down statues of our American heroes, defunding our police, destroying our justice system, and demolishing our borders. Now, I know you probably don't want to hear this. None of us do. But we should be prepared. You know, President Trump does still get briefings as a former president. He still does get, he's running for office. He knows what's happening. He knows what's going on around the country. We got FBI. They know what's going on around the country. But yet it doesn't seem like things are changing. Uh, knowing this should prompt us to make preparations for ourselves, for our family, for our loved ones. And speaking of preparations, let's, let's do something different. Why don't we prepare by paying criminals not to murder? I mean, wouldn't that be a great idea? See, in San Francisco, they're actually seriously considering paying criminals not to kill. I, nah, I, <laughs> How, how can you even possibly justify taking tax dollars to pay criminals not to shoot people? I, I mean, to me, I first I thought it was a joke when I first heard it. That this can't be true. This I did a little research and no, it's not a joke. Let's watch this short clip. Here it is. So Sharon, so talk to us a little bit how this plan is actually going to work. Well, Chris and Marcus, good morning. Yes, the chosen ambassadors will be paid not to shoot people, believe it or not. The city is launching the pilot program in October, paying people $300 a month to not commit crimes. The goal is to reduce gun violence. It will start with 10 people who want to change their lives and become community ambassadors. Participants will have to pass an interview. The Human Rights Commission says the idea has been shown to be a cost-effective way to reduce gun crimes in other cities. So this isn't about cash for criminals. This is about supporting and valuing people's time and expertise who can really help us think through how to address the problems and crisis of public safety. The payments come in the form of gift cards and the spending habits are tracked. Now, Oakland and Richmond have similar anti-violence programs. Anti-violence programs? <laughs> so these chosen people are called uh, life ambassadors. Life ambassadors? criminals, we're going to make them ambassadors. We're going to pay them $300 a month to not commit crimes. And you now become an ambassador for the city of San Francisco. And they're going to start this program with 10 people who want to change their lives and become community ambassadors. <laughs> the Human Rights Commission says the idea has been shown to be a cost-effective way to reduce gun crimes. I, I mean, honestly, folks, really. Who comes up with these ideas? The, the payments to these people, $300 a month, is going to be the form of gift cards. And then they're going to track their spending habits. Like, 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 like this has, what does this have to do with anything? Now, remember, this is San Francisco, of course. One of the hardest cities in the nation to, let's say, get a concealed carry permit. It's almost impossible. I mean, unless you are law enforcement, or unless you are, you know, high profile kind of person, you cannot get a concealed permit to carry a weapon. It's just not possible. They have universal background checks. They have assault weapons ban. And they have a whole host of other gun laws. And yet all those laws, all, all, all those have all been useless. 
They haven't done a thing. So now because none of that works, because they know it doesn't work, you know, uh, they want to try to pay the criminals not to commit crimes. So these amazingly intelligent government officials are ready to make a true step forward in progressivism. Pay criminals to not shoot other people. Truly, absolutely sickening beyond belief. Speaking of sickness, hey, the stomach bugs are coming to the Northeast. If you live in the Northeast, be careful. They're making the rounds. That's right. According to the CDC, the Northeast has the highest positivity rate for the norovirus right now. Stomach bugs are making the rounds in our area. Look at this map. According to CDC, the Northeast has the highest positivity rate for norovirus right now. The spread is so wide ranging in some parts of the area that it's putting some people's daily lives on hold. Mm. Earlier this month, you remember this, right? Irving Primary School in Highland Park, New Jersey. Well, they closed because of a gastrointestinal illness outbreak at their school. So the school went underwent deep cleaning, of course, before yeah. reopening for class. And I think we're going to find out that's what's important with this. When you see that 15% jump, that's a big number. He's a yeah. friend of the show joining us now to give you everything you need to know about this outbreak. Chief Medical Officer at WebMD, Dr. John White. Dr. White, Good morning. we're Good so morning. excited. Good morning. We're so excited to have this conversation. Yeah. I mean, let's just dive into it. What do you want to start with? Yeah, I just want to start off with just, just what, let's break down norovirus for the folks who may not understand. And as you can see by that graph, it is a very contagious virus. And it's mm -hmm. basically a gastrointestinal, a GI virus. So it's not a respiratory virus like yeah. people have cold mm -hmm. or flu. It's really, as we were talking about, through spread through contact with contaminated feces, right? contact with vomit. Mm. That's the And issue. so it's unhealthy kind of cleanliness. Like we, we need to be yeah. super clean about washing our hands, yes. super concerned about areas that we touch, yep. because this isn't something I'm going to breathe on you with, sure. right? right? I mean, there are some instances of respiratory, but it's predominantly, it's the GI tract. Just stop it right there, because I, I can't, I can't listen. Hold on. Stop that. Uh, 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 it, 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 it's something you put in your mouth. They are trying to instill fear. Don't you see it? It's like everything that they could do. It's a stomach bug. Come on. In my age, I've had hundreds of those in the course of my life. It's a stomach flu. They're making it sound like it's the most dangerous thing that we've ever seen. Instead of just wiping stuff down in your own home, but what can we do to prevent this? When we're because out and we're, about, we're I love that. Part. We yeah. go into yeah. the public place. You need to use a restroom. And some people don't have two bathrooms at home. That's right. Things of That's that exactly and you're right. out. What do you do? So it is very much about your own hand washing. You can't control what other people do. So you, you want to you know, wash with soap and water, you know, 20, 30 seconds when you're in the bathroom. You want to wash that food because that's a source of contamination. Typically, green leafy vegetables, fruit, shellfish mm -hmm. is a source of the virus oh. too. And then you want to encourage people to stay home when they're sick. Keep your kids. I know it can be tough yeah. on parents, but if they're not feeling well, they're having diarrhea, yep. they need to stay home and you need to stay home and be extra cautious at that time. You need to stay home and you need to be extra cautious at that time. Are you serious? They're trying to frighten us with a stomach bug. The real truth is they're beginning to spread fear. And, and what this does is it keeps the people who are already in some kind of fear. You see the people still walking around with masks, right? It keeps those people who are already in some kind of fear uh, considering, well, you know, I'm not going to go out to vote. I'm not going to go out to do this. I'm not going to go out to do that. And it, it's all contributing, continuing, if you will, the uh, the story of protecting yourself and protecting your family. And this is going to continue right on through the November elections. Remember, 
Remember what they did in 2020? And they'll do it again. And speaking of 2020 and COVID and all that, the VAERS system, V-A-E-R-S, is a reporting system. It's supposed to record all the you know uh, negative things that happen with any kind of medication. The VAERS system has identified 770 safety regulations uh, related to the COVID-19 vaccine. 770 safety signals. Imagine that. Well, what I found was all the data was consistent with this vaccine being the most dangerous vaccine of all time. I mean, there, there are more reports on this vaccine in the VAERS system, which is the, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. It's the official system um, for reporting adverse events for a vaccine. It's set up by the U.S. government. It's run by the U.S. government. And there were more reports for the COVID vaccine than for all vaccines in history combined. But we found out later that the, this, this fair system, which they set up to monitor for safety, had triggered 770 different safety signals. Now, normally, a vaccine only will trigger zero safety signals. It'd be a really unusual for a vaccine to trigger any safety signals in fares, especially because the way they define these safety signals makes it almost impossible for a vaccine to trigger a safety signal. But this vaccine triggered 770, 770 safety signals. So what did the CDC do about it? They basically told no one. The only reason that we even found out about it is because someone issued a Freedom of Information Act request to the CDC requesting, could you show me the output of the analysis of the safety signal analysis you're supposed to do? So did you hear that? Okay. Vaccines normally issue zero safety problems. Zero. 770 with the COVID vaccine. And we wouldn't have known about it if someone didn't file a freedom of information request in order to get that information. Let's continue. Roll that. These are things like so myocarditis, these are things like pulmonary embolism. These are basically 770 unique symptom types that are triggered in the VAERS system saying, we have a problem here you need to investigate. This should have been a complete stopping condition for the CDC. The CDC should be warning people, hey, we got 770 safety signals, never seen anything like that before in history maybe we might have made a mistake on this vaccine, but they said nothing. And they said nothing because it's all about the money. Last clip, let's look at it. Data that we do have access to that we've been able to get, it all shows that th these vaccines are killing people and they're killing the very people that they were meant to protect. It's actually increasing your risk of death. And these vaccines are killing the people, the very people that they were meant to protect. And I know we've lost people that we love that got that vaccine. The problem is truth is no longer at the forefront of America. It's no longer at the forefront of the American Medical Association, the American healthcare system. It's not. And that's a very sad truth for America. Speaking of sad, speaking of truth, speaking of sad truths, it's very rare that we actually get anyone to speak real truth, isn't it? Well, we found a guy. That's right. In California, of all places, a sheriff not afraid to speak the truth. Good morning. Chad Bianco, Riverside County Sheriff. 
We are here today because California public safety is in crisis. Crime is steadily on the rise, and our public safety policy is one of the worst, if not the worst, in the nation. Wow, he puts it in perspective. And we probably got the worst problem in the entire nation. This is a sheriff of a large county. I want to make this clear, and I want there to be no mistake in what I am saying. This is not by accident. The driving force in our crisis is a radical, progressive agenda fraudulently called criminal justice reform. And there it is, my friends. That's it. This is nothing short to me than a sick, twisted social experiment where they're basically making law enforcement the bad guy and the criminals are somehow now the victims. I mean, it's totally reversed. And the criminals are never held responsible for their own actions. This agenda began with the passage of AB 109, the so-called Public Safety Realignment Act. State government failed to take responsibility for prison overcrowding or their failure to build more prisons and instead forced county jails to house state inmates while simultaneously releasing thousands of felons early. So do you get what they're doing here? See, instead of building new prisons, instead of making it so that the system can house, take care of, and rehabilitate criminals, what they're doing is they're basically taking as much money, federal money, as they can get, and they're putting people into the system, and then they're releasing people out the back door. That's really what it's all about. Let's continue. While we suffer every day with rampant theft, causing our small businesses to close and our large box stores to move out of state, our supermajority of lawmakers sit here in their guarded tower oblivious to what is going on in their communities, experiencing drastic increases in all crimes, particularly violent crimes. You can believe like I used to believe. Well, these people are just crazy and they don't really know what they're doing. But the, the longer that I've been doing these kind of research, what I've really come to believe is that this is purposeful. It is absolute. Just as Sheriff said, this is absolutely purposeful. In other words, they put these programs in place because they're trying to change America into something that it's not. We're trying to uh, redefine America, or to use Obama's words, transform America. See, this is actually, you know, the third term of Obama through Biden. And it's happening all across the nation. Over the past five years, law enforcement has been unable to get our progressive left majority to even consider any new law or modification to an existing law that would increase punishment or send criminals to prison. Reality has gone completely upside down to the point our governor, our lawmakers, and our attorney general refuse to prosecute criminals, to include those criminals committing crimes with guns, and instead have dedicated their efforts to disarm and remove constitutional protections of self-defense from law-abiding Californians. Now, it sounds crazy that they wouldn't prosecute criminals for criminal actions, including with a gun. But yet they work diligently to try to remove the ability of the everyday American to be able to have guns. <laughs> this is a purposeful uh, tearing down of the system of America. And I believe the sheriff said it best. He said, the driving force in our crisis is a radical progressive agenda fraudulently called criminal justice reform. See, anytime you see a bill, anytime you see some new action coming out by this particular government or anybody pretty much in a blue state, anytime you see them coming out with an initiative, you have to read the details because they make the title sound so great. Criminal justice reform. Well, we're reforming criminal justice, right? Um, yeah, you're actually transforming 
criminal justice so that we're not prosecuting criminals. We're going to let them go free. It doesn't even make sense, but yet that's what they're doing. And it's all part of a larger plan. I only hope we can make it as a nation, as a people, you know, because every single day, uh, your life, my life, our loved ones are at risk when we're out and about just doing our normal daily business because we don't know what criminal might have been released by a radical left prosecutor, judge, whatever, and put back out on the street to basically commit crimes again. So speaking of the plan that they have to destroy America, you probably won't believe this next story, but right now, you can actually have a plan. You can actually order, order up your new baby any way you might want it. You can do it according to your own set of plans. Welcome to Build a Baby, where anyone who wants a baby can build one. Something broken? Missing an ingredient or two? In our state-of-the-art facility, using state-of-the-art technology, we can build your state-of-the-art baby. Starting with the swimmers. If you've got a sperm producer, you'll be quite comfortable in our semen collection room, where you'll find everything you need to perform the task at hand. <laughs> no sperm producer? No problem. Build your baby with our extensive donor sperm bank, where all our donors meet the highest human standards. Now, on to the eggs. As with the sperm, if you're missing an egg carrier, you'll have full access to our egg donation bank, all gathered from top specimens. But if you do have an egg carrier, we'll pump that sucker full of hormones so you can get as many eggs as possible in the shortest amount of time. And then the true magic begins, building a baby in a Petri dish. Truly a miracle. All embryos will be graded, and we'll discard any defective or genetically imperfect babies before you even know it. Building a baby shouldn't make you feel guilty. Congratulations! You're the proud parents of multiple embryos! Now all that's left is the womb. Are you a womb carrier? Get ready to party! No womb? No worries! <laughs> Our womb rental managers will find the perfect match for your baby building. At long last, the day has come. Embryo transfer day. Cross your fingers that an embryo will stick and you'll get that one perfect baby. Or two, or three, or eight. <laughs> Not to worry, selective reduction will take care of that. Wondering what happens to your Build-A-Babies that we don't transfer? For a small fee, we'll store them in our top-of-the-line cryogenic freezers. Ready for you to try again, or discard, or donate, or give to science. A beautiful gift. But whatever happens, Build-A-Baby is happy to help you again, and again, and again, no matter the cost. Contact us and build your baby today. No, that's not a hoax, my friends. I only wish it were. But uh, speaking of hoax, AOC, she says that the migrant crisis is a hoax. The idea that Republicans, in order to win an election, say we need to 
hermetically seal the border when they know that that would be that is economic self-sabotage to the U.S. economy. Economic self-sabotage. Okay, so having a border and limiting the number of people that come in and vetting them properly, because we want to have immigrants. We need immigrants in America. We do. Uh, But having any kind of limitation on who they are or any kind of vetting process is somehow hurting America. And they are saying, let's let's do it anyway. And to compensate for the negative effects, we're going to allow and throw people's kids into factories. That is what they are doing in rolling back child labor laws while being as xenophobic and anti-immigrant as, as they are. Where did they come up with this stuff? So now we're rolling back child labor laws and we're going to put the, their kids into factories? So uh, it, this, is, this is all such ridiculous. But there they are. And here's, here's what I want you to be watching now. Another clip left. I want you to watch this. The, the, the woman reporter, journalist, whatever she is, doesn't say a peep, doesn't interrupt her, doesn't ask her any questions, doesn't do anything, just allows her to ramble on with this nonsense. Let's continue. And while ginning up this this false narrative about this being a crisis, and by the way, by then also preventing and blocking any legislation that would provide not just a path to citizenship, but a path to work papers, a path to allowing people who want to work to be paired with American businesses who need people to work. Oh, that's right. We're we're limiting people. So the ones who want to work, um, probably maybe 10% if we're lucky, maybe 10% that really want to work. Somehow we're stopping them from working. Look, they can come to this nation. They can come in legally and they'll get a green card. They'll get the ability to be able to get a job, to be able to get a license, to be able to do all those things that we welcome them to be able to do. We just don't want it illegally. But don't you see what they're doing here? They're twisting this all around as if we're the bad guys that somehow limiting the number of people coming into this country is going to hurt us in the end and going to increase child labor. And I mean, there's, there is not only no moral calculation, there is no economic calculation, there is no logical calculation, there is only a political calculation. And that political calculation is we are going to keep whining about it. Mm -hmm. We are going to keep pretending this is a crisis while contributing to actual problems. And then we're going to block the solution so that we can campaign on it over and over and over. And we can call it caravans. We can call it migrant crises. We can call it family separation. And they will just recycle it over and over and over again in order to gin up you know, just so much animosity and destruction in this country and racism in this country, because that's the only thing that the Republican Party even is standing on at this point. That's all the Republican Party is standing on at this point is just it's all lies. None of it's true. There's no such thing as a migrant crisis. No, no, no such thing as being overrun. There's, there, there's no problem. None of these cities are there. Did you notice though in the background when she was talking, right behind her when the picture was showing both of them in the back, it said family values. Uh, see, that's a that's a psychological trick. They're trying to get you to think that she's talking about family values. This is not about family values whatsoever. They don't care about. All they care about is getting more people to vote. That's really all this is. So everything she said is basically what they're doing. In other words, she's blaming us 
for you know wanting to see the worst happen in America when they are actually destroying America right in front of our face. Unbelievable, but yet this is what we're up against. We have a news media that is actually taking these people on seriously without even asking any follow-up questions. I'll tell you, this is going to be an exciting year. I don't know about you, but get ready. Protect yourself, protect your family, and let's believe for the best in 2024. My name is Mike Kahlo. This is Exposed, the Kalo Podcast. Thanks for being with us today. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America.